Yo, good looks to DreadSock.com for sponsoring this episode of Real Notes. Anyone who has curly or locked hair like me knows how sacred a good hair wrap is. A do-rag, a wave cap, a scarf, a bandana, a bonnet, you name it. DreadSock goes a step beyond the average with silk-based head wraps that offer full protection and frizz control for curls from 2A to 4C. They're made of a blend of breathable materials to help retain hair's moisture and preserve hairstyles enough to ensure a few less trips to the salon, all held down with an elastic band strong enough to withstand even the most aggressive head trips. Whether you wear one to bed or wear one on the go, Dreadsock will have you looking fresh and full. Socks come in all sizes, from shorties for short hair and beginner twists to extra large for the longer locked folks out there. Look, y'all, I've been growing my locks for nearly two decades and have been a loyal Dreadsock customer for 15 years. So when I tell you these shits work, I'm dead ass. Plus, they're an independent black owned business that's worth the time and energy. So, go to dreadsock.com and use promo code CINEMASAI, that's C-I-N-E-M-A-S-A-I, for 10% off your first order. They won't fall off in your sleep, but they will keep you looking fresh. Thanks again to Dreadsock for sponsoring the episode. Now let's keep this shit moving. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Los Angeles-based rapper, producer, poet, teacher, and multi-instrumentalist Reese Langston. We spoke about kung fu films, Warrior, Jet Li, The Matrix, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the nature of meta-narratives, balancing entertainment with knowledge, pulling inspiration from the Migos and others, and the creative process behind his latest project to operate this system, produced by Pioneer 11. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Uh, welcome back to a, uh, a not live, but very direct episode of Real Notes. Um, before, before we formally get started, um, I just wanted to thank everyone who came to the live one we did in Brooklyn with Sharif and Dove. Uh, turned out amazing. Fucking, we had a we had a nice crowd. Popcorn was popped. Photos were taken. Uh, they're not available yet, but they hopefully will be soon. Um, hopefully, we'll do another one. But yeah, that was like a big ass proof of concept that y'all really uh, showed me is a thing that we could do. So thank you. It means a lot. Go listen to the live one. Um, Sharif talks about Ninja Turtles. It's a treat. Um, but today, um, you know, Dylan Green, Cinema Sai excuse me, got a lot of names, do a lot of shit, be around. Um, and yeah, no, nah, I'm with somebody who uh, has quite a few names and does way more shit than I could ever possibly imagine. I don't know how he has the time in the world. I don't know. I don't know where he finds the time to uh, do all the things he does uh, for himself and his well-being and his just like artistry. Um, <laughs> man's a fucking rapper, producer, painter, poet, artist fellowship member cat haver um he's 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 a lot of things but uh more than anything he's uh reese langston and he's hey. uh and he's here and he's here with us and yeah nah man like like i told you um like i told you off camera um yeah it's been a long time coming um thank you so much for being here like the music's been the music and the art's been well received over here so i'm really excited to break some of this down with you so thank you for being here Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm like glad to like, you know, see your star shine, you know, as we've been knowing each other, I feel like there's been like a mutual, like a rather our collective, uh, you know, incline 
you know, to, to what we've been doing and, and, and a nice arc and everything. So it's cool that, you know, you, 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 you foreground all the, the different disciplines and shit. Cause music is, uh, and that's what this is, you know, it's cross, cross media, cross discipline type conversations. And I just, you know, I always love talking about ideas. Ideas are the important thing and how we translate them is really like, that's really the, the interesting part. Uh, uh, um, the part that is subject to like mystery and you know kind of shit you don't know until it, it comes out so yeah I don't know I'm a little you know open right now open minded so my my birds might be a little a little floaty we'll see <laughs> no let's go but yeah no I'm happy you said that because like that's why that's why you've that's why you've been someone that I've been really excited to have on here because you're already you're already at the intersection of so many different styles of art and just like reading. And like, I was just reading over your, uh, your LA times interview again. And just like, the, just like all the shit that you go through in there and all the stuff that you do. Like, like I said, man, like you're everywhere. Like, I, I mean like partially out of necessity, but also just because yeah. like, also just because like, you're just that type of dude. And it's very exciting to see you, uh, a, it's exciting to just see you get a look in a place like the LA Times. Like, that's nuts. Like, congratulations on that. Um, and just like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just good to, like, you're just, you're, you, you just feel very well suited to a thing like this, which is basically what I think you were saying anyway. So, like, yeah, like, this is, this is going to be a treat. I could tell already. <laughs> I know, last night, I mean, last night, I think I added another thing to my, uh, another, like, notch to my belt, feather in my cap. Uh, I played clarinet and like did live looping electronics at a free jazz ambient show. How was with, that? With That's like crazy. Best woodwind and you know brass players in the city, if not the country. Um, it was crazy. Like I was like, "Why are you guys asking me to do this?" Because you like you know I picked up the clarinet two years ago, um, but it was really encouraging. Like, okay, I'm I will follow through on things no matter what it is you know it, may, it might not be great but at least follow through and the follow through connected you know the swing connected or whatever um so that yeah that that's crazy like that, that was that was fun so all, all all under the umbrella of what we're talking about just being like fuck anything goes <laughs> <It's> incredible <laughs> like that that's like you know like it's it's a uh, i imagine that was pretty spontaneous and spontaneity is where a lot of the is where a lot of the best art and just uh really just like any kind of expression period like a, a, a lot of the best shit spontaneous because that's really more often than not that's really what's on your mind so it, it, yeah. it, it really translates and it's pure you know mm -hmm. and like not super like labored over type shit oh yeah i'm, I'm an editor <laughs> me too <laughs> better or worse i'm an editor you know mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's facts. But yeah, nah, um, let me ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here, which is um, what was the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Oh, 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 oh. So I can remember the last one that I watched. But I, the last one that I had a really strong opinion about. Um, I have strong opinions about everything. That's uh, great. <laughs> so 
Um, honestly, I've been. I need to actually. Oh shit! I think I'm. I'm down on episode. Uh, watching the show Warrior on on HBO Max or Max. I'm so mad that I have like like I've had like six people tell me I need to start watching it, and I'm so. Tell me about Warrior, please. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's interesting because I think it exists in this. Uh, it has one foot in like kind of campy uh over the top kind of action uh slightly maybe stereotypical you know asian martial arts world uh, or production and and thematics and then it has this other thing that's very interesting where like i feel like it's very much of our time it has this historical provenance and and like background to it and they're really trying to actually discuss uh Things in history that maybe like are you know we just don't teach because whatever this country doesn't teach history regardless um but things like the, you know, the chinese exclusion act and stuff like that so it's 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 putting a lot of that in the foreground um alongside this really campy uh kind of you know i guess culturally borderline culturally uh uh uh, two-dimensional you know kind of like ideas we have about what's authentically you know an asian story and stuff like that um so i think uh, yeah it just feels very particular like of our time right now and it's trying to balance that um i think one thing that they do really interesting is that the characters uh, the chinese characters they speak in like standard or whatever their own accents to themselves among their characters in their own scenes. And then when they're speaking to like uh, the white characters, they put on the accent that might, someone might've had who was a recent immigrant at that time or a recent Mm -hmm. immigrant. I'm like, I think that's really interesting because it's like, it, it is subverting a little bit, you know, like the problem that a lot of non-white actors get into where they have to, black up or asian up or hispanic up their voice right and it's been like oh like when you're with your people you talk whatever you know like like you're just talking like there's no affect but when you know you're in a space of the dominant culture whatever then that comes into play it's almost like i don't know it feels like something looking in on itself that way i, I find that very interesting that small like technique or that small consideration they did um and i i just like martial arts movies like you know like growing up my brother and i would watch just corny corny shit i mean everything from like double dragon mortal Kombat, drunken master you know shit mm-hmm. like that classics yeah a little less corny than you know um well not it's a lot less corny than you know like double dragon and shit but <laughs> <laughs> so nah. yeah i hope that was you know gave some opinions and flavors and stuff that's a great answer because, like, I mean, like, I haven't watched much of Warrior, but I've heard a lot about it. Um, my dad's a huge fan. He's always telling me to give it a shot. And, and like I said, I've talked to a bunch of other homies and friends about it, and they all love it. Um, I'm really, really interested in um, the accent affect thing you were just talking about. Like, the way you, the way you were describing it, like, A, it almost sounds kind of like reverse code switching. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, um, yeah, it's, that's it's, it's, so, 
Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's like almost like inside out code switching. It's like really strange, like doing it. It's that's, that's a really cool and interesting idea to me. And it reminded me of, um, um, I don't know if you watched the second season of, um, why can't I remember what the fucking show is called? Um, the Terrence Nance, um, HBO show. Um, uh, random acts of flyness. There it is. Yeah. They they, they chopped the random off. Right. Yeah. No, right, 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 right. So chop, I actually the saw off. the first episode and it was so intense and I was so into it that I've been waiting to watch the rest of the season. And I haven't found, I think I want to like, cause I'm in like my little studio space right now and I got some nice speakers. I mm. want to like watch it in here, not on like my, you know, TV sound. Cause yeah, obviously also doing the music, um, musical components to stuff. Uh, and just the audio visual, like, yeah, it's, very stimulating and very life-giving and weird like mm-hmm. i haven't gotten to that but there's a part there's a part in that that like reminded you of that yeah or- like it yeah 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 it's like but um what's it called it is it is very intense it gets more intense and more stimulating and more like i was overstimulated like, like i think i watched like two three episodes at one time and i like walked away like <laughs> like i was like a little phased in a good way it was it's just like a lot of information but um mm-hmm there's a section or no, like there's like a whole little thing where uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it kind of sort of reminded me of it. Like there's uh there's white characters in this season and for a good period of time, you don't see their faces or hear their voices. Like they're like bodies are there, but like they don't have faces and you can't see their like facial characteristics or nothing. It's just like, they're just there and like not taking up space in this really like just you, you know like you know like, like um I'm like the point is to like de-emphasize the white people being in the area which I think is really really mm-hmm. intriguing um yeah but, like, like yeah ways to actually represent that physically like, right. yeah no like I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before so I was like oh that's kind of cool like it's it's uh you know like that's a like for anybody who doesn't know like that's an incredibly challenging like left to center type of thing that I can't believe like a big I can't believe HBO gave them money to make this show like it's it's one of those you know um but I uh but but to but to not but to not um uh not to not to not to get too far off topic but I'm right. really excited to try Warrior out um, I'm also I'm also big on. I'm also big on Kung Fu martial arts movies. Um, well, well, like not huge, but like, I love them. Like, like if they're on, I'll watch them. You know, like I love Drunken Master. Um, I love, um, I love uh, the uh, Jackie Chan police story movies. You know, yeah. I mean like fuck Hit the Man. police, but yeah. Hit, yeah. Eat mine. Yeah. All, all those movies. Yeah. no, nah, those movies are great. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> um, yeah. No, nah, like the, the, um, uh, Donnie Yen drumming out on dude's chest in the in the in the in the dojo is one of the harshest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always like every time I see that, I always wonder if like like I always wonder if they made it out okay because like that looked really painful. Like I see it mm-hmm. and like I, I I like I come away like I feel like I feel like the ghost pain in my chest. It's kind of awful, but it's <laughs> yeah. I feel that it's it's the same um like question about you know wrestlers like because they put their sh- they they it's it's choreographed but it's not fake they're really taking those hits so right the martial artists who do their own stunts all of them you know like feel and how much contact they're making yeah no like that shit's like it's uh like like knowing how to take a hit 
is like, that's a skill, you know, like not everybody knows how to take a hit. Like a lot of people know how to, a lot of people know how to hit, but like taking a hit, especially as a performer is like, that shit is real. You know, like whether you're like, Corey, um, 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 whether you're like fighting or, you know, like stage fighting is all one thing. And like, I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen like stage, stage combat up close. And it's obviously like, you know, like they're not hitting each other, but like, you can tell when people are actually getting the shit kicked out of them and they just got to like, okay, do it again. All right. We didn't get, we got to get at a different angle. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really intense. But um, no, I want, I want to, I want to know more details about you with the martial arts shit. So let's run it back to um all the way at the beginning. What was the, uh, what's the first movie experience you can remember having? It could be at the theater, be at your cousin house. First thing that comes to mind. I mean, this definitely reflects my uh, West Coast American Americanisms, you know. But I think the Mortal Kombat movie, the first Mortal Kombat movie, scared it out of me when I was like, I was like four, maybe three or four. I can't remember. I was young enough to like my parents brought me into the. Did they, was it in the theater? I think it might have been in the theater, so that you can see how far back it goes. Um, that I can't quite remember, but I remember. Oh man, what's his face? Uh, shit, I can't remember the the problematic ass names that they gave to all the people. I know, I know, <laughs> but the the old dude who like steals people's souls. Oh, Shang Soon, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he stole someone's soul, and like that shit scared the shit out of me as a toddler or like you know like a kindergarten age type kid. Um, so I remember that. Um. And I think, yeah, there was a lot of intersections with, like, video games, you know, at the time, like Double Dragon. Uh, I had a brother who's five years older, so he would, you know, was really into that stuff. Um, he would, you know, basically make me watch everything with him. Um, and I can't remember. I think, yeah, I just kept kept watching a lot of... Uh, um, we didn't have, at my mom's place, my parents separated early, we didn't have cable. So at my dad's house, we did. Um, we had direct, we had direct TV when it was like new, mm. you know, yeah. And so, like channels, you don't know what to do with. Uh, so I caught a lot of, I caught some of the early, uh, like, you know, two thousands, late nineties era Jet Li films, uh, you know, before it switched to the softcore porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you read on the, from the premium channels. Yeah. Type shit. Cinemax, yeah. Um, <laughs> and definitely a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of other just like random like random movies too um i mean obviously a movie like rush hour you know crossed over ja- jackie Classic. chan and stuff like that and, uh you know uh, shanghai new and stuff like that you know all the like <laughs> very the very um commercialized like you know halfway point for uh americans to be like oh this is actually relatable because it's not just chinese people whatever definitely you know um yeah, that's how you know the corporate american mindset slash cultural you know we we know that we know that we know that um so yeah it's just like a gradual spilling into things and i feel like looking back on it it's like i always remembered i was it was like you know when you develop taste you just it can be very intentional but oftentimes it's like oh i just remembered that a lot more than other things right Um, and so yeah like i think yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up, I was born in 93, so I'm about to turn 30 in October. 
Yeah. So, you I'm know. a year older. I was born in 92. So I feel nice. You. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in like the early two thousands, you know, I was, I was like coming into being a preteen teenager. Um, and, uh, definitely, uh, Kung Fu Hustle definitely was one of those that I stuck with. Um, and then, you know, you get more autonomy, you just kind of keep looking for shit and stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, you know, things open in a much wider expanse than that. Um, but I could see like along the way I was checking for these type of movies. And, uh, from then, yeah, I mean, from then it just kind of like has been a thing that often like kind of like. Um, it's not a, a comfort film in terms of I don't pay attention to it, but I watch it when I want to watch something I know, a type of movie I know I'm going to be into, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, definitely. Put it on, I'm like, this is, I know whatever it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, it's going to do it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's real. Before, before we move on to more specific stuff you got to as you get, as you got older, um, I realized that I think I've done, I've done over a hundred and, almost 115 of these. And I don't think I've talked about like really diving into like premium cable channels. Cause like I grew up, I grew up with like direct TV and TiVo. Um, yeah. And yeah, like that was like, you know, like having, having access to things like HBO and stars and Cinemax, just like, you know, you, you know, just, you know, yeah, just like summer days where it just like random ass shits on TV. Like I remember seeing, I'm um, talking about Jet Li stuff. I remember seeing the one for the first time and like thinking for, cause like I was younger and I had just seen the matrix. So I thought that like it was some sort of spinoff of the Matrix because he was the one and Neo was the one. So I was yeah. like, oh, is this like I, I think I might have asked somebody I might have asked like a parent or something just like, oh, like, was this was this like about Neo? And they were like, no, it's, it's, it's completely different. It was either that or I saw it on a plane. I can't remember which one, but I remember seeing the one and like the poster is like him like diving through some sort of like digital like cut in like a poster or some shit. And I was like, I was like really intrigued by that. And, you know, like between just like stuff, like uh, stuff, like the one. And um, what was the other Jet Li one? I love fearless was really cool. Um, Fearless was great. And just like, he was supposed to be the lead in the matrix. Yeah. I heard that. I heard his moves. Right. Cause they, yeah. Right. They wanted they wanted to do to him what they what they want to do to all the actors now. What they wanted to like record his shit and like use it forever, right? Yeah, like <laughs> they they've been trying to do this for thirty years, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's so depressing. But um, it's <laughs> so depressing. But I uh, but I, you know, like The Matrix is that's one of those movies that's going to be imprinted in my brain forever and. Yeah. Fucking um, Jet Li was Jet Li was uh, someone whose movies I was always really intrigued by, and um, fucking yeah, you mentioned Shanghai Noon. I think I never saw, I didn't see Shanghai Noon when it first came out, but I saw Shanghai Nights, the one they did where they went to Britain, where they went to the UK. I saw that in the theater um, with a bunch of friends. I, I haven't seen it since then, but like those movies were, like you said, they were they were a huge deal. Everyone everyone over here loved them. Uh, the commercials were everywhere. Like it was just like the thing, especially for like a middle schooler or like a high schooler. Like those were like the movies to see because yeah. everyone's like it, it was it was it was like adult enough, but not like you wouldn't have to sneak in to see it. You know, like it was it was like that PG-13 movies are very uh, 
are, are like a very sacred thing for anyone uh, for who's, you know, anyone from like 13 to 18 years old. Like that's like the thing you can spend the least amount of effort to go to the movie to see because you can just go see it. But it's yeah, at least that's what it was to me <laughs> there. You know, you feel independent. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That hey, that independence, you know, like it's it's crucial to feel like you're like I have my own taste. I'm a real right. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know no, that I, shit is real. I recently watched The Matrix like a year ago, and um, like everything, right? Like watching and observing something when you have a heightened level of analysis and awareness, consciousness, if you will. Um, beyond like the conceptual, like political ideas of it, just like really seeing how much that influenced everything after it is just everything. Yeah. So, so much. I mean, my stepdad tells me about being in Germany because he's from Germany, um, and listening to Jimi Hendrix and not getting it because he was like, oh, all these other guys do that. But then he actually really looked into it after listening to it again, he was like, oh, this influenced every single guitar player after him. You know, it's just like, it's so, it's so futuristic that it seems, you know, um, it's weird. It's like the paradox of something being so futuristic that it feels like, um, so, uh, um, like, uh, every day now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, like it always existed, you know, like it's like, like it goes beyond being a cliche and it's just like, it's just like baked into the fabric of life, like going back to the, and I mean, I mean like Hendrix, obviously, you know, he's in my opinion, probably the great, like the single most influential guitarist ever, like at least like top three, top five, whatever. But like with the Matrix in particular, like, you know, like these ideas of like, I mean, like first and foremost, uh, watching the new one that came out a couple of years ago um, and like, and, and like rethinking about like how the Wachowskis had always, you know, like the idea of like, like, you know, like they both, um, they both transitioned of course, over the course of like the last 20 um, ish years and like mm-hmm. ideas of trans personhood have always been ingrained in the matrix. Like watching the first one again and being like, damn, like, they've really always been thinking about this shit. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like that, that made me smile. Um, just like seeing how they like planted oh, the seeds for totally. that. Um, and just yeah. like, and then, you know, just like the general idea of like red pill or blue pill. Like I just saw, like, I'm like, like, like everyone else on planet earth, I saw Barbie and they do the red pill, blue pill thing with like a high heel and the Birkenstocks. And I was yeah. like, and, and, and I was thinking, like, I mean, like, obviously I get what that means because I've seen The Matrix. But, like, it's just one of those things where, like, you you can you can have never seen The Matrix and you know what the red pill or blue pill argument is. Like, it's just one of those things which is a part of life now, you know? And it, it's just, like, I imagine, like, people who are, like, you know, 15, maybe 20 years younger than us watching that, they get it, but they might not know where it comes from. It's just, like, I'm so fascinated by stuff that just, like, you know, just like permeates the, like, just like, just like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like transcends the thing it came from. And it's just like its own idea now, but like, you know, like if you know, you know, it's, there's layers to it. I don't know. I'm babbling, but like, that's, that's cool to me. I like, um, I totally, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, 
impact, you know, is uh, impact and like resonance is, is so interesting. Uh, I think to observe today because things are, I mean, it's probably, it's always been like this, but things are, um, you can really see like the, the hand behind uh, things being pushed or just like the promotion is so ubiquitous and consistent that I think it's really interesting to like, I don't know, think about what's going to be impactful now in the future. Um, but also just how like there was a lot more, I think, like central cultural touchstones um, at a certain point. I feel like that's like broken apart a little bit and to to observe things like that. Um, I mean, it's a whole other discussion, but I, th- I think that's the interesting thing about AI is like pre-AI and post-AI. It's often like it's like a feedback loop of like accepted ideas and how things feel more permanent then like you know if an ai can put out a model of of drake that makes drake permanent in like in like you know the galactic intelligence scope you know it's like beyond the milky way if you know we are gone and we just have machines left you know there's going to be this information and all of the things you know this this like you know model of 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 spitting out information and like there's kind of like, I guess it's like the whole thing with like curation, right? Like curation um, uh, and how curation can sometimes in this particular like streaming services act like censorship if things are taken down. You know, it's like, yeah, like what is, what is, what is made permanent? What is made not so permanent or like more um, harder to conceive of? like moving forward. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but I think about, I think about impact, uh, um, with something like the matrix and it's like when you can't even remember the referent or the reference, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Right. Like it's, it's just like, it's just like becomes its own idea. And like, and, and like now that we're on the subject of AI, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Cause, uh, two days ago, I think it was on Monday. I saw, um, I saw some article, that was talking about the fact that a uh, universal music group and Google are working on ways to like officially monetize deep fix of their artists signed to the label. And, mm-hmm. you know, like in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, so, you know, like they weren't with it because they couldn't make money off it. And like, as soon as, as soon as these people figure out ways to make money off it, they're like, mm, okay, we could do this. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. like, but, but you know, like it speaks to your point about permanence and just like what, permanence means now because like you go from something like back in like the 90s and the early 2000s like just or 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 really like any time before now basically like printing something on physical media was like all people had for permanence it's like oh like you know like you know like when when we're all gone like the vinyl and the cds and the tapes will still be here right and now it's like oh when we're all gone like the digital files will still be here and like the uh like this assemblance of a thing that was a person's will still be here when we're not, you know, it's just interesting to see how that, I mean, mean, like, obviously there's a whole, like you said, a whole other conversation to be had about ethics and creativity. And, you know, I I have, I have a lot of, I have a lot of feelings about AI that we don't got to get into right now, but um, we can can have another, (laughs) I'll start a podcast, but (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, no, nah, just j- just like, but like, but like you said, that's another really interesting example to me of like how, you know, just like, yeah, just like imagine someone's voice becoming that, like becoming like the red pill or blue pill idea where it's like you hear it and it's like a it, it's 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 kind of like um man, we're getting real esoteric right now. Like the um like the fucking voices for like TikTok videos, like the AI, the AI like uh like 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 the bass voices, like the really high pitched Siri type voice, and the one that sounds like a goblin. Like we all know the voices when we hear them because yeah. everybody uses them over the videos, and it's just like that's like a disembodied, like that voice is disembodied from something from someone, but like we all know it because it's everywhere, you know. Like that voice has become an idea. It's I man, like you're I'm like my the neurons are firing like crazy. Let's right go, now. let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it's, we 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 live we live in a weird world, bro. That's all I got. Like, this is a very strange. This is a very strange world we live in. It is indeed. Um, and trying to like express something, like whether that's in like expository form or artistic form, it's. It, I've, I'm I'm finding myself like figuring out how to boil certain things down. But then realizing, like, maybe it's not time. Like, hey, I think, like, my processing hasn't caught up with all the shit going on. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's so many bars I want to write or, you know, paragraphs I'm thinking about. And I'm just like, I I don't even contend it with half of this shit. Right. You know? We can't, we, we can't process information that fast. Like, we, you know, like, it's it's crazy because, like, you know, like, I feel, I feel like, you know, like, um like the further along we go as humans, like, you know, like we, like we pick things up because we, um we pick things up faster than people older than us because we like grew up with technology to a certain extent. And just like, you know, like we, like we're kind of required to process information a little bit faster than people before us. But like, you know, like there's people younger than us who could probably process information faster than we can. It's a, it's all a perspective thing, but you know, yeah. like it's, it's just strange times. That's, that's, that's all I got. It's just strange, strange, interesting. Best time but, to be, Realist, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Got like, yeah, I mean, you have, you know, Sharif, you have uh, Terrence Nance. Who else is a surrealist? I mean, Donald Glover. Yeah, you know? definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, just, yeah, no, just like finding, finding, finding ways to just like find the, just, just like finding, finding anything in any of this. Like, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to diminish the work that people like Sharif and, Terrence Nance do, but just like anybody who can make any sense of anything going on is a surrealist in their own way right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. once again, like that's not a I I don't I don't want to generalize or you know like diminish anyone's art because there's you know there's definitely there's definitely a hierarchy when it comes to that. Let's let's put it that way. But you know, like people like you and Sharif, like you and Sharif in particular, like just very like y'all really just like bring it out in different ways. And we're gonna get to that with you in particular, but before we do, um, yeah, <laughs> so like correct, <laughs> nah. Um, at, so so like as you get older, mm-hmm. and uh, you just like have more experiences and start developing your own taste, like you were saying before, um, can you remember one of the first movies you saw that really like stopped you and like connected with you in a way that was more than just like a piece of entertainment for 90 minutes, not even so much in an artful way, but just like, if it touched, if, if it like connected with you emotionally, spiritually, just like something that really 
spoke to you more is that just that as just something that spoke to you and connected with you in a profound way? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, this is one of those questions. I won't. I won't have the silence be too long. No, that's uh, cool. I'm running through things. <laughs> well, look over here at my <laughs> collection. Um, probably, you know, I mean. My first instinct is to be like Lord of the Rings, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. In that same way, I think that was that was connected to a different um, sense of like fantasy and imagination that shared something with video games um, and and literature. So mm-hmm. probably. Um, that's a special relationship, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, probably, like, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I don't oh, know. Wow. Like, I'm trying to think of something serious, you know? Like, because that's a question where you're like, oh, it's going to be some drama or whatever. Or, like, like you know, something that has, like, that. But I, I think um, it kind of distilled a lot of experimental ideas and like techniques um and was just kind of like there was a level of physical comedy and and and, um i don't know just like you know terry gilliam obviously like i think you know he's been called out for some shit but uh (laughs) in the past but um his aesthetics animations that were in there just like things cutting in and out being kind of anything goes type uh absurdism uh silliness um and um yeah i don't know i think like there's a lot of imprinted like quotes from that movie definitely um um, so yeah yeah it's a long-winded way of like thinking about it and trying to be like okay that one's actually not off limits uh monty python the holy grail um yeah i think it revealed a level of like uh playfulness um playfulness to me and just i don't know um it just hit on many different levels i don't know that that sounds like very you know like general but i think i think that's really what it is yeah no it's 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 one of those you know like that was um there was a like like i remember the first time i saw monty python and the holy grail and just like i didn't really know anything about monty python beforehand i just had a friend at the time who was like really into it and like and and, and like our group of friends was like they and like and like they showed it to us one day and i watched it and i was like oh you know like i had seen because 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 like it's very meta of course you know like all 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 monty python everything is super duper meta but that that might have been one of the earliest examples of something that was like maybe maybe not 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 the earliest example because like i'm thinking about all the meta shit that i've seen as a kid and like kind of recognizing it as that now like i've seen the scary movie movies before and like and like that's kind of like that those are extremely meta obviously but like that was one of the that was one of the first times that i might have like understood and recognized what something being meta meant you know mm-hmm. like on on that level and like really just like not even so much like breaking the fourth wall, but just like 
there is no fourth wall, you know, like, you know, you know, like it was just like the whole thing was like a movie within a movie the whole time, especially at the end when they're about to do the fight and the directors come in. Like I had never seen nothing like that specifically before, you know, like even, even from something like a scary movie or like an airplane, like it, it, it you know, like it went, it went a step or two beyond just being a parody and just like completely like it, it, it's, it's just, it's just one of those things that like just directly questions everything it's about. And like, you know, looking back on it now, it was one of my first examples of like really reckoning with the idea of what it means to be meta in a thing on top yeah. of the fact that it was, you, 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 yeah, you know, like the fucking, like the killer bunny rabbit and the coconuts with the horses and all mm. the different quotes. And, you know, like I, 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 uh, I, I, uh, I um I ran with the nerds who would not stop yelling that they were the knights who say me, you know, like those terrible, annoying people. And we we we, we were a, a lot of us were a lot of us were that. <laughs> a lot of us were that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I think you like kind of helped me make my winding answer very succinct. You know, with your point that I think it showed that like something more artsy and experimental could also just directly like make you laugh and be fun because i feel like there's a level of experimentality where the fun the the stupidity gets lost like a balance of stupidity and things being elevated um and things being immediately hitting you and you having to think about it that's something that i really strive for in everything that i do and i think about is like how can i how can i reach an arm out and still give someone like make someone reach as well i'm not gonna give you everything agree um and there's been a lot of things like that you know i think probably around that same time if not before like i've discovered tv on the radio and that was like another like a similar totally different art form thing same idea though like being weird as hell but having this level of like sweet the, the sweet spot is still there in all this tangled, really cool shit going on. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah so like, it's, it's like, it's, it's all about balance, you know, like you don't want, you know, you don't want things to be too heady and you, or, or, or like, or like some, I guess some people want things to be too heady or too, too silly, whatever. But like, I'm, I'm also a huge fan of like that balance, you know, it, it's, it's the whole spoonful of sugar. It's the whole spoonful of sugar concept, you know, yeah. like, and, and, and you're like that willingness, you put it even better, like meeting people halfway, you know, like meeting people halfway is a, like, like, like that's an important, I feel like that's an important thing for any, like that's asked, that should be aspirational for anybody making art. You know, like you want to, you know, like you want your perspective to be heard and understood, but you don't want your music to feel like you're beating people over the head or like not even so much that you're beating people over the head, but like that you're talking that you don't want it to feel like you're talking down to people, you know, like, or, or at least you shouldn't want it to feel like you're talking down to people. Like it's, it's like that sort of understanding and empathy um, for you know, like, it's not like you have to make music for everybody, but like, there's a, there's a certain way to go about it where like, you're coming at it. Like, even if you don't understand, you're like coming at it from a place of at least like compassion and attempting to understand and like, make it kind of like, it's a difficult thing to put into words, but just like meeting people halfway is a really important thing that everyone should at least try to do. Like, 
it, it's yeah like there, there's there's just like coming just coming at it with some sort of empathy and understanding is 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 important and like you can't always put that on the listener like you got it you got to you got you got to give them the trail of breadcrumbs to follow you know like mm-hmm. if, if if that's not there then you know like yeah like you know you can't just like you can't just throw somebody into the woods in the middle of the woods and expect them to be able to find their way out most of the time like you got to give them something you know <laughs> i mean yeah that that's been always a central like tenant uh tenant whatever same shit uh um i think assuming more of people not too much but assuming more i know like in particularly in our world today that's really difficult assuming like you know that people have more capacity than they believe that's the saw i always always like i've said this so many times and i even put it in the language arts unit book like the saw williams quote your current frequencies for understanding outweigh those which have been given for you to understand. Mm. Just, you know, I, I like to think that my goal overall is obviously to be as authentic as possible with everything I do. Um, and not authentic, just like real with myself, authenticity, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but to not, you know, in not editing myself, not obfuscating myself, um, presenting a window for someone to understand, uh, believe that they can understand more than they think, or like give someone an invitation to something that they might not be, uh, they might not think that they're into. Like, I think the invitation, the invitation is really important. The assumption you know, leveled here and there, but the assumption that people can maybe take on more than, than, than they think they can. Right. Um, I, I like to, I think that that, that is like a level of my pessimism, a level of hope that I have a level of positivity that I carry. And when shit does that for me, I'm very excited. I'm like, Oh shit. I met this. Like I, I, I work my way up to this, you know, and like I kind of get it, you know. Right. I didn't think I could, but I got it. Right, and and that's and 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 once again, you're like that's aspirational as well. You know, like just like that's the whole idea of like meeting somebody halfway. Is, you know, y'all y'all both got to work for it. It's not like it, it's not like it's all on the artist or all on the listener, or the observer, or the whoever. Like that's uh, you know, like, you know, you know, like there's 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 definitely been stuff that I've had to work with and. Like you know, like like the whole idea of like this is an acquired taste and you like you'll get it at some point it'll come back and get you and you know like some and like sometimes that's true sometimes it's just like oh I didn't have you know like I might not have had the capacity or like the context to get that before but now I do like whether I'm older or I read something new or heard something new you know it's it's just like that like I I just I just like to I like to grow I like to grow with my shit. And if, you know, like it's, it, you know, like it, it's just about, it's it, like, it's about making it like challenging and stimulating without it just being like, like just no, nobody wants to be talked down to. Like nobody wants to be talked down to. Like, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and like if you're in a position where you feel like you deserve or need to talk down to people, like you probably need to take a step back and reassess, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. More yeah. often than not. <laughs> definitely definitely um 
but like but uh but but, but before we move on to your to your music specifically um you had mentioned tv on the radio but mm-hmm. um what other stuff what other stuff uh when did you like when when did music become like capital m music for you you know like when was like and and, and it doesn't even have to be with rap specifically but like what right. you know like you know, like when did music become like, yeah, like I said, capital M music for you? Uh, fortunately, you know, I think we, you know, many people can relate to this. Uh, music was was always like in the environment. Uh, fortunately, I had parents who were into really alternative stuff for like from the jump. Mm. Um, so, you know, my dad, I remember my dad, he was like, you know, a white Jewish dude put me on the Kanye West when back in like 2004. <laughs> <laughs> While at the same time, my mom was still listening to like Depeche Mode, you know what I mean? Um, and just there's always been a very interesting um, uh, center of gravity, I feel like for me with music, that's never, I've been able to appreciate. And like, I had to, I had to discover like pop music because the music in my house was so out there, you know, in a certain extent. Um, But I think, you know, like we, you know, growing up in the 2000s, like, you know, I think I started really to get into music in general, just being a teenager. Um, But then rap music in general, just as like a kind of culturally significant, like trying to make, make sense of just, you know, embodying a type of blackness that felt like it really reflected me and like where I was coming from. And like, there's obviously really funny, like overcompensations and putting on, you know, uh, get ups and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, there was like a long window uh, of that in my teenage years. And, and I guess music became really a thing when like, I kind of, really had a few choices in my life that caused me to um, part ways with things like athletics. I had to quit athletics uh, and, and piss people off because uh, there was a lot, a long, like winded, you know, history of, of hyper competitive sports. Um, and so when I did that, I was like, you know, just creeping through all this music in my life playing instruments because my parents, you know, offered me lessons because they didn't have them. I didn't really resonate with anything. I didn't want to play anything. And then for some reason, when I had this act of self-determination to like quit being a, a jock and hiding certain parts of myself or whatever, like at 18, I mean, at 18, it was really late. Like I didn't even start making music until I was really like 18, 19 mm. in college. Um, and that in many ways like reflected uh me trying to start over because i went from la to wesleyan in connecticut Um, oh wow yeah um and you know being in your early being a young adult in your early 20s and stuff like that like you know late teens um having like these points of identification through art and culture and media and music. Um, as I was practicing it, I was developing, expanding my taste. Um, and so 
Yeah, it's just really interesting. It's just like this. It felt like it was this slow creep, and I felt very fortunate to have such a weird point where I started with music. I'm not weird, but just alternative point. So I grabbed into something that was maybe more normal or more like easy to digest from that. And as I literally came of age, I was like, I just made a decision. Yeah, let's let's see what I can do with this music because I have a lot of things I've been writing. I have a lot of um, ideas. I have a lot of taste that, you know, I feel like I could apply artistically because I've been painting, writing, doing that for forever. But I hadn't really actually like wanted to say my piece musically. Um, yeah, I just feel like really the right time like the right time i was like i am a i am a fully formed human being what's about what what's this music about right i don't know if that's a if that is that a clear answer or is too circuitous no i i i i i get i get i get what you're saying and i think it's a uh, you know i think i think it's really interesting that music came like yeah like like considering all the things you do it's interesting that music came last in a sense for you like yeah. Um, um, like when did, uh, when did you, when did, when did you first start writing and like, when did painting come? Like, like, talk to me a little bit about like the other forms of art and whether or not like, do you, you like, I assume that all of those may have also influenced the way you make music as well. So like, just like, talk to me about like that confluence of shit. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been teaching in the classroom for the last four years. So, you know, when I say this, it's not just pulling it out of my ass, you know, everyone draws and paints when they're a kid. Yeah. I just didn't stop. Um, and fortunately, uh, my mom like was working at a, like a laundromat paying for my, uh, art lessons when I was, uh, you know, 11 and 12 years old. Cause she never had that. And like, she saw the ability and then, I met it, you know, with receiving that. Cause I didn't receive the music lessons like that, you know, like the art for some reason was like really, um, it just made, it just, I I grasped onto it. Um, and you know, actually in middle school, I was selected by the County to be part of this youth arts conservatory, uh, at the, uh, uh, California, uh, uh, Cal State LA. Um, and so I did that. And literally at the time that happened, like I was in it for a year. And then like I basically stopped doing art to to play basketball <laughs> for like five, six years. Um, which is like, yeah, it's a really a trip to think about. And then I also started to do art again when I was like 17, 18. But writing, writing is something, I mean, my dad, so both my parents, my, my, you know, my biological birth parents are, are actors, uh, not like, you know, rolling in the dough or anything or had big parts, but working actors. Same. Um, oh, my nice. Yeah, yeah. My dad does that too. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, no, it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a way to grow up with the actor parent for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like my mom's biggest part was on a, a different world. She had, she was a character in the main cast for like whole first season oh that's crazy wow uh i'll I'll, sh- I'll share with you her her one of her scenes it's really funny 
Um, she was, yeah, she's actually on screen a lot as one of the main characters. But then she got pregnant with my brother, and they like didn't call her back, which sucks, you know. Um, yeah. But the writing, so my parents, yeah, they like, as I said, it's just like a really interesting turn, like uh, series of conditions, I think that were around me and not conditions but like circumstances like they just really had i think a faculty for language like my parents pull out the most random words in conversations and i think that's always been around me um you know like my mom will like you know be bemoaning things happening with my grandmother and will mention like that she had the temerity to do this and stuff like that's just regular you know <laughs> uh and so my dad also transitioned from more acting to writing he wrote a few screenplays that got done um and so it was just always there and i think my brother who doesn't write anymore was like a really like I don't know if famous is the right word, but like really renowned youth poet. And he just stopped writing poetry. But I remember going to his poetry readings and seeing all these like white haired literary heads geek out at him. Just like yell like punk rock type poetry to 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 people in rooms at like 12 years old. And I was seven and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, and so just as a lot of like conditions for me to feel comfortable doing these things. And obviously the writing got me through a lot when I was uh, feeling kind of like I was compromising myself in the athletic environments I was in. Um, And that shit just kind of collected and collected and collected. And so by the time it started to turn into raps and lyrics, and by the time I was ready, you know, to do music there was there was a reservoir and that's definitely very connected the writing is very connected there and the art has increasingly been so um but there's there there, there's a lot of uh like uh, the ecosystem there that's i've like kind of put into place where one thing leads to another bounces off another yeah um, and I just feel grateful that there were circumstances that allowed me to do this. And I still do it because a lot of people I know do really dope shit, had, did really dope shit, and they stopped. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, you know, like so easy to either get burnt out or life shit happens and you got to go take care of it. Like, you're like, you're like, I, got, I got a ton of friends too who, who have done really beautiful, creative shit and they just had to stop for whatever reason. And, you know, like it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm also extremely grateful to just kind of, you know, like to have like for life of kind of, to have kind of worked itself out for me to be sitting here talking to you right now. Like that's like, yeah. it's, you know, it's um like, it can just be really difficult to rein all that in um, just depending on what life throws at you. But, you know, it, it, it all, you know, it, it, yeah. Like what did, what did, what did Jeff Goldblum say in Jurassic Park? It always, it always finds a way, you know, <laughs> like if, if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, I guess. And right. like for you, like, as you, uh, you know, I mean, like as you really started to fully embrace uh, the music at, um, in that particular way, like when did you, 
when did you know that music in particular was going to become more than just a hobby for you? And like, you were, you were going to be like that you were in like for real. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think when I felt it, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm someone who has like tremendous sense of self as much as I have self-esteem issues sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had this verse memorized uh, and some of my friends who I played music with as a younger kid when I was really just not really into it, they had um, an event they were throwing called Booty Jam. And at one point they opened up and they were just jamming on stuff like, I think, or maybe they were just playing instrumentals. The DJ was playing instrumentals because they're all instrumentalists, but the DJ was probably just cutting up some... um, you know, old school boom bap or something. And this one dude started to rap. And I was, and I just went up there, scared as shit, spit this verse, kind of blacked out a little bit. <laughs> and everyone was, and I felt this thing come out of me. And then some friends who I like grown up with since I was eight or seven years old, I was like maybe 18 at the time, they were like, Yo, that was really cool. I didn't know you did that. Oh, shit, whatever, you know. And um, I, you know, I mean, they call, you know, they call it catching the bug, or whatever. I probably caught caught the bug there. And I realized um, it wasn't in my head. Like, I, I had a feeling that I could do it. And I did it. And I was going to continue doing it. It's in the simplest, most direct way possible. And, um, yeah, it, um, it quickly turned into something like very, very, um, one of one in the sense of, I didn't like, or didn't feel like I wanted to use other people's approaches lyrically or instrumentally. And so as I was learning how to rap better, I was also teaching myself production mm-hmm. and part of teaching myself production too, was like being in a, an environment in college where like, I didn't really get it. I was kind of shy or uh, had a lot of doubts about, you know, just like how to, how to operate in certain spaces. And so I spent like the first year and a half of college in my room, making turn, teaching myself how to, how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there were a series of confirmations along the way. And moving, like, rewinding back to that first time I, I, I spat on stage, uh, spit a verse on stage. Um, I was also in like an open mic scene in LA, which was very fertile at that time, like 2012. And so I would do these kind of things in between poetry, in between rap, maybe have a beat play a beat that I was working on. Um, and I kind of was like, it was the first moment where I felt something back where like people were gassing me up as this like prodigal, you know, uh, <laughs> prodigal son, you know, of, of, of the Los Angeles spoken word hip hop rap scene. Um, and so I liked, I liked that feedback. I liked feeling that i like the immediacy of it 
uh, because writing and, and visual art can be very interior and very just like in and of themselves. And yeah. I recognize that I was looking for something outside of myself and music inherently like you can I'll make beats that no one ever hears. It's fine. But music, I think, inherently provided uh, this guarantee or pretext, maybe is the right word, of it being outside of me in some form or fashion. Um, and me, it being a communal thing that 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 has to reach outwards versus other things I did don't necessarily have to ever be seen by anyone. And I think that intrigued me. I, I wanted to be opened up a little bit in that way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a, uh, you, you know, like figuring that out so early on and just like, we like going back to the whole idea of like that balance, you know, and just like, it, it, yeah, just like, just like, like, like acknowledging that you can make stuff for yourself and have that just be for you and whether that's like an, whether that's like an emotional outlet or whatever, like cool. And then everything else is stuff that everyone else hears. Like I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. And before I forget, um, just like you mentioning, just like how fertile the creative scene was in 2012 out there. Just like, I think about that all the time in particular, because I loved, I loved like, 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 like one of my favorite music eras was like, just like all the shit happening in the beat scene in the early 2010s in LA. And just like everything between like, you know, like I'm, I'm like the project blowed cats and everything like fly low and fucking yeah. um, mind design and like knowledge at the time. And like every, like, like that's one of my favorite, like I fell in love with so much, so much of that music around that time, you know, like everything happening in like low end theory with like daddy Kev shit. Like, just like, that yeah. was such a, you know, like I see that and I obviously wasn't over on the West Coast at that time. But, you know, I, I see all that happening. I'm just, damn like I wish I could have been there for some of that. Like that's 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 one of those that I wish I could have experienced firsthand. And I can only imagine what the I can only imagine what the poetry scene was like. Like if, if, if y'all were going that crazy on everything else, like it's that's mm -hmm. different. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. always I've always been intrigued by that. No, it's really funny with that, because I I. I didn't go to Lowenther until like I went away to school because I wasn't 21 and I didn't really go out. I didn't have a fake ID or anything like that. <laughs> so I went to Lowen Theory like when I, cause I came back every break um, from school and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been in my backyard this whole time. I just like, I've been so interior. So it's very interesting how like things coalesced into me being involved like I played Low and Theory back in 2016 before it uh, shuttered, and that was a really good experience. Like the fact that I only started going to Low and Theory, you know, in like 2013, and then by 2016 I actually could participate in it was really cool. That's beautiful. Um, but also the thing about I'm glad you brought up the blow because at one of the open mics that I went to, I did this verse. And someone was like, oh, you know, you remind me of Project Blow. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. And I like just didn't really, because as I said, you know, I was so like in, I was so in here. Um, I didn't realize I was living in Lamert Park. I was at Chaos Network with the, with Ben Caldwell, who'd been who was hosting Project Blowed from the '90s until it's you know shuttering in the mid 2000s. I'd known him when I was like, since I was, you know, I've known him since I was like 15 or 14 before I did any music. Mm. So it was really interesting that I was there the whole time 
just existing. And when I decided to tap in and become aware, or when I became aware, everything just was, I don't know, everything felt like it was in place already. <laughs> and it was just, it was just time to go. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously like there are like connections I wish I had cultivated and things I wish I had cultivated sooner. Um, but yeah, it just felt like, you know, we all know the confirmation bias, you know, thing where like you only really pay attention to stuff that goes the way you think it is when it yeah. goes away. But it does feel like a confirmation, like some kind of destiny shit where I was just like, this was in my backyard. And I just looked up. <laughs> I stopped looking at the ground, honestly. Right. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like your whole environment was telling like, like this is the direction you need to go and you were finally ready to take those steps. And you know, like and you're like, I feel like uh I feel like that could be directly translated to um um your earliest project that I was able to find. And I love this title, um, you know, like aggressively ethnically ambiguous. Like I was listening to that earlier and just like um, taking that in. <laughs> bro, I was listening to so much Migos back then. <laughs> it's, I, I I could I could tell that's the crazy part, you know. <laughs> Like, that's like, that made me so happy to kind of like, just because you, because like, you know, you, you know, you know how a lot of, uh, like, I'm sure you know how a lot of this goes. Like people hear the type of music you make and they assume that like, all you listen to is like rap Ferreira. But like, I hear this, I hear this and I'm like, oh, you, I hear this and I'm like, oh, you were probably listening to like Versace, like eight hours a day. Like I could just tell, like, there's like that, there's like that YRN type of energy to this. And like, Uh I just. You know, like just like I feel like I've talked about this a few times on the podcast with a, with a few different p- different people, but just the idea that like everyone looks at indie rappers, quote unquote, and they're just like, oh yeah, like all they listen to is like whatever, and then like people get surprised when they're like, oh yeah, I listen to nothing but Young Thug, or like I listen to nothing but Migos, or like I listen to nothing but like Gucci. You know, like I can't tell you how many people in our community like just like listen to nothing but like people just like talk to me about we we talk about super slimy all the time, you know, and like it's a uh, it's, 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 I just always like to remind people that like rap's a circle, you know, like it's, 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 it's like, it's like not as much of a spectrum as we like to think it is. I just, I just, um, I'm, I'm, um, my brain just opened up. I just talked to Mick Jenkins for the fader yesterday and he was oh. talking about how like, yeah, no, nah, it, it just kind of happened. And like he and I got into this whole conversation about like the spectrums of hip hop and how like, you know, like he was talking about like, oh, like I, like, oh, like I make different music from Playboy Cardi and like, why are we being, like we would be considered for the same Grammy award for rap album of the year. And in my head, I'm like, y'all both do make rap music. It's different kinds of rap music, but like he, he acknowledged that it's a spectrum, but to me, it's really more like a circle. Mm-hmm. Like everything kind of feeds back into each other in, in one way or another. I'm, I'm not, I'm not of the type to be like separating things. Like everything needs to be in boxes, I guess, just because that's the way humans work. But um, yeah, no, it, it was to categorize a review. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but either way, um, I'm sorry. I got off track. Um, fucking yeah. Like I really, I really loved, um, I really loved diving, diving into aggressively ethnically ambiguous and, you know, just like, I can see all these different, I can see all these different aspects of stuff that you may or may not have been listening to just like develop. So, um, 
you know, like what was your intent going into that project? And like, it's been about six ish years since it came out. So like, how does it feel looking back on that? And Mm. then I have a very specific question about one of the last songs that I'll ask you when you answer those two questions. Right. Okay. Um, I honestly, I kind of want to go back to that kind of music for a project. <laughs> I really want to um, go a little, go go harder and kind of just make some shit for, like, to slap a little bit. Um, because I think at that time, I was kind of. I'm not gonna give myself too too much credit, but I kind of was trying to. It's kind of predicting. I wrote a lot of those songs in like 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, I sculpted them. And my friend Mantra produced, I produced like three tracks on it and he produced the other six. Or is it nine or is it eight? I can't remember. I, th- I think it's nine. I'm, I'm going to go double check now, but I'm pretty I sure. Produced, actually, I produced three and a half and then he produced the other five and a half if it's nine. Um, uh, it's nine, and, yeah. Yeah, he was like collaborating with you know, a lot of like the real prime SoundCloud era cats, like P2 the Gold Mask, and he even had a beat with like Bones or something. Wow, and that was the that was my friend in college who like saw me working on this overall just person through music, and uh, I matched myself to that while finding like. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a really an encapsulation of where I was to answer the question simply. Um, but I think it's also where I want to go back to a little bit. Um, in the sense of like using like the pop idioms, you know, pop rap idioms, um, the styles, um, the songwriting and like the just just the fun a little bit of it. Um, so the second part of the question was. Um, I think you already answered it. Just like like looking back on it six ish years later, and just like what how how you feel about it and where you were. Yes, yeah, it's, it's came it's came up in many many ways. My friend, uh, my friends were in the their their car the other day, and he had the CD in his car because I came up with like really crazy foldouts with all those. The photo on the front like is like a part of a whole tableau of shit. Um. And so I was like, oh, man, because he, he texted me with the cover of it with a picture. He's like, oh, I'm listening to this. And, you know, I did the, oh, I'm so embarrassed thing. <laughs> um, but he was like, no, nah, this is actually really tight. It's, here, it's tight to hear you rap like this. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've been feeling like I've gone so many different ways. And that music still is relevant. So, yeah, I'm just thinking, is this, is it a, again, a circle moment? Circle moment. Yeah, um, man. Also, yeah, Daddy Kev mastered that. And Kenny Siegel mixed it. Hey, wow. That's wild. I didn't and know Kenny any of that. Siegel, Kenny Siegel definitely was, like, not trying to fuck with me. But I was like, please, please. Because I listened to all the bus <laughs> that he, he worked on. And I was like... Right. I was like, you know how to do, you know how to mix weird people's vocals. And I was just trying to get the end. Um, and uh, that, that was funny. I was definitely like the, 
the starry-eyed little kid. I wasn't little. I was like, you know, 21, but I was like, please, please work with me. <laughs> oh, I get that. I get yeah. that. But that's great, though. Like, it's like there's such like a boundless like like that's like a really boundless project to me. There's like so much uh, there's so much like exuberance and just like energy in your voice and just like your ideas. And in particular, um, uh, what spirits were hiding in the Taco Bell at the end of Bouquet of Tourniquets? Because that's the that's the one detail that like got like like it like I mean, like there's obviously so many details on the album, but that's one because it happens like right at the very end of the album. And you just said like the spirits that are like something along the lines of like there's spirits in the Taco Bell. And I just like what 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 spirits were in the Taco Bell? I I need to know. (laughs) I live bean and cheese. (laughs) Fire. (laughs) The spirits of. This, 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 the spirits of Diablo sauce past. I love that. That's, 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 um, <laughs> I can't, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, maybe I was like drunk at Taco Bell one college night and, you know, just like really feeling it might've been, you know, like my latent Southern California energy, Taco Bell culture out here. Right. Um, yeah, nothing like too conceptual and philosophical. That one was definitely a track where I was I was interested in juxtaposing like really strange and colliding really strange or disparate images and making sure even in that collision like the vibe of of the track was still intact. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of that like like the whole thing where I rap like Versace the Jesus of La Fila's track. I was like I want to rap like Migos while not being disrespectful to it, but not rap about what they rap about. Mm-hmm. And so it was a matter. It was like, it was, it was like, what are the limits of form and content? What are the limits? Like, I think if something sounds a certain way, good enough, you can make it work. And that was like the general sensibility behind everything. Um, but that uh, I'll say, I won't say it here because I don't want to be get a cease and desist. The that shut bouquet of tourniquets record has a video game sample. Uh, that's very classic. So I'll send it to you, and you'll yeah, yeah. an Xbox game, you know. Yeah, yeah, please. I'm, 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 I'm looking for, as a, as a, as as someone who spent who spent plenty plenty of time on the Xbox. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be tight. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, like it was it was really fun going back to going back to like hear that project a couple times and just like you know like there was like there was stuff in between that but like you um you've already mentioned it uh, a few times um language arts unit um I want to focus on that a little bit because like not only is like that album that was that was the first project of yours I ever heard like that's when um mm-hmm. you know like J- I'm mean, like the eternal Jeff Weiss put me onto your shit because of course you know you released music on his on his label and um you know like language arts unit was the first project of yours i heard and really like that's that's around the time i tapped in and like not only is that album really like interesting and like super duper fun to just like dig through you mentioned it before you put a book out with it yeah just like talk to me talk to me about um putting language arts unit together and like what and like how the book plays into that and how those two things 
connect to each other because I always I always love an album with like a it doesn't even have to be a book just like anything like if 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 there's like a film if there's like a film companion piece or like a book I just love pieces of art that are in conversation with each other so like talk to me about that process yeah of course um that was something that made sense on a few different levels um or rather had a rationale on a few different levels um one was kind of i wouldn't say predicting it already being in it um the incredible uh existential turnover of information and media and feeling like releases digital releases felt really hollow and like impalpable or or uh, you know ungraspable uh in a real like way to contend with the depth of something yeah um i knew i wanted to do something i had the play on words in my head i i've had i had this idea about this deconstructionist hip-hop manifesto um for a while and i think honestly it was like me coming to terms with finding shelter in 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 big ideas and academia while also wanting to engage and and get not just want engaging in this art form that's like very direct sometimes like the opposite of academic in its vulgarity um in its uh and vulgarity not just in terms of profanity but just like coarseness right like just how raw it is um and i definitely like took the seeds of that idea and it all dovetailed into the language arts unit project and uh I kind of had a lot of things to say, just trying to make sense. Like, why did I want to start rapping? Like, why? Like, why, why, why am I rapping? What's the point of rapping? What's the point of, of rap? Um, and also, again, the limits of form and content. I mean, in the book, it's basically like, this is a essayist and poet's rap album. And this is a rapper's essay slash, you know, poetry. Um, And um, the more I think about it, you know, I like that's definitely represents uh, some of the scholarship could have been better or not better. I could have just had more time and resources to like dig into stuff and and read. Um, But I'm proud of it in the sense that it really took the salt out of a lot of academic shit that I was putting all this weight into while respecting it while um, while really being playful again that coming back to being playful with shit like so much I felt like I was participating in music because I wanted my ideas to circulate in a more public fashion than my other art forms. And a large part of my frustrations with rap and with academia, which are completely two different, completely different animals, is that the limitations of presentation, intent, um, selling oneself short, or limiting, kind of drawing boundaries, 
And so I felt like with academia, I can break it down in two parts. With academia, like these ideas are so essential and the jargon sometimes is essential to communicate a complexity. But if the ideas are so essential, there has to be a way to communicate them in a way that is interesting. It doesn't have to be, I don't think everything has to be entertainment, but you know, it's like the idea, the impact of the idea is lost because it's just, it's unreadable. Things right. are unreadable. And so I wanted to make, I wanted to contend with serious ideas in a humorous way, in a playful way that also was slightly rigorous. See, oh man, I, 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 I yeah, like niggas are not trying to read peer reviewed journals straight up, you know, like, <laughs> and I, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to add that. I, I didn't mean to cut you. No, it's all good. And with the rap stuff, you know, I, I, I think aggressively ethnically ambiguous was probably a more refined distillation of it. Actually, the project that after uh, language arts unit grant money raps was even a better distillation of it. Um, just questioning how something sounds being a determinant of how what it could talk about. And I think that being so applicable to a lot of questions about identity, right? And like, if someone acts, if someone is a certain thing or identifies as something, what prescriptions are on them to have to repeat a script or repeat certain delineated actions? Um, and I was just really like, you know, I was like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's really interested in respectability politics or like blaming people for material conditions they're rapping about. Same. But I like this music and I'm not going to rap about that shit because first of all, I might be adjacent to some stuff going on, but that's not my experience. I don't even like really play in certain like gangster fantasies. Like it's fun to, you know, like experience it, but I'm also questioning like, why is it fun to experience yeah. the the gangster shoot kill drug deal shit um and finding a way to be authentic and authentic as just being like real with myself not authentic in a weird like like you know academic way um how can i make shit that's hard i like hard music i like cool music how can i be cool and have this level of hardness and have it not be posturing mixing the weirdest parts of myself and really just ask the question, you know, uh, um, why is anything expected of us or rather why are things expected of us and how can we push back on that? Mm. Damn. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like getting back to that whole idea of like, you know, like that's, that's a very meta idea, you know, mm. like that's a, that's a very like self-aware like step out of your body and look at the shit type of question and a thing to explore. And I'm actually really happy you brought that up the way you did in relation to your book and your projects, because um, I've been reading uh, Prodigy's autobiography over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I've been thinking about a lot of the, of the, of uh, similar, I've, I've had a lot of similar questions, just like reading over like his life story and just like, and, and like knowing the nature of how that book came to be, you know, like him, you know, like them, um, uh, the journalist that he wrote the book with, and I'm mad that I can't re remember her name. Um, so I'm going to look it up because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do her like that. Um, her name is, um, Laura Checkaway. 
So, you know, like, mm. like they had, so like they had originally, they were going to do it. Um, they were going to do it before he wound up going to prison, but he was kind of hard to find. And then he went to prison and he was like, okay, you know what? I got time. Let's hop on the phone, tell you my life story, jot it all down. You know, like it's a, like it's a, it's an autobiography, but she helped him put it together because mo- more often than not, somebody's helping people put their autobiographies together unless they're like, a, a, yeah. But like, you know, I think, I think that book also kind of sits, it, I mean, it doesn't do exactly what uh language arts unit did, but just like, it definitely does. Uh, it definitely gets at the intersection of like, this type of music that you and I both love, but it's also being presented in a somewhat kind of sort of academic way, or at least it was like put together in a sort of like, maybe not academic, but just like very uh, quote unquote professional type of way, you know, like through a book. And I think, uh, I think those questions are always worth asking and worth interrogating and just, you know, like reading, you you know, like reading about prodigy and havoc, getting into fights at mob deep shows and like beating people up and stabbing them at train stations. Like that's all very, you know, like it's, 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 it's like all inherently voyeuristic. Like we're all just kind of like watching it and like, yeah, look, 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 look at the, look at the, look at the dudes do their, you know, like it's, it's like, that's exciting. You know, like we can admit that that's exciting to hear about. Like it's exciting. It's thrilling, entertaining, whatever you want to call it. But you know, once again, like you said, like, why? Like, why are we fascinated by this? Like, especially if you don't come from, especially if you don't come from that, because like there are people who are like really into that stuff who have no relationship to it, like no family that they've like, you know, like people who've never been to the projects in their life are just like locked in. And it's just like, you know, like it's, um, I guess I say all of that to say that like, you know, I'm also very attuned to that. And, um, uh, not, not to, um, and then on top of that, I'm also working on my own book. That's kind of sort of similar to oh, that shit. as well. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it should, it, it should be coming out sometime in the next like month or so. I hope it's, um, um, my man, um, Austin Williams, shout out to Austin. I love you for being patient with me. Um, he asked me to come on and write a kind of sort of like textbook for his, uh, journalism, his music journalism class. And, um, you know, I, uh, we decided, well, he he came to me with a bulk of the idea, but we 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 kind of worked it down. Just like the idea of um, exploring what it means to be a culture writer, whether that be a music journalist or a film journalist, and just like why so many people in our profession like hop between disciplines, you know? Because like, like I, because like I'm a music and film person. There are a lot of people who exist in one, but I feel like every single writer has written about, you know, like nobody's written just about music or just about film or just about politics. Like, like, like once again, that's like, like part of that's out of necessity, but another part of that is like, there's intersections here that need to be explored. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of like, like literalizing the concept of real notes, which is, you know, like exploring the relationship between rap and film and blowing that up to like the relationship between writing about one thing versus writing about another. And like explaining what it means to be a digital journalist, because there isn't a lot of literature about working in the field of digital journalism, especially now that things are starting to fall apart and they're a little more volatile than they were even five years ago. You know, like there's there's like a lot to chew on there. And, uh, you know, like not to, you know, like. 
I never, I never want to put myself in a position where once again, like we said before, like I'm talking down to people, but like, there's a lot of information and context that I feel like is lost in these conversations. And, you know, like having this be a textbook, I also, uh, like, 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 I didn't want it to read like, like an encyclopedia or like a peer reviewed journal. Like I wanted this to be like fun and interesting and funny. Um, and just like on top of being informative without it, just like being like, once again, like being entertainment. So it's like, you're really preaching to the choir right now. You know, like I, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about and seeing that, seeing that come through in your music and your writing has always been one of the most fascinating aspects of you as a, as a, as a musician as a, and as a person to me. So it's been a, it's been dope to see that from afar. You know, I don't have any follow-up other than to say like, that's just, just tight. And I get where you're coming from. I, I hear and receive that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad someone, you know, like yourself is, is tapped in, you know, cause I appreciate your writing and your perspective and just your, you know, your commitment to context. <laughs> uh, cause that's a lot of what the digital landscape eviscerates. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's like a, there is a need to always be, to be on. And, uh, that's, that's taxing, you know? That's, that's taxing to always be on and, and alert. And the I'm sure what you talk about partially is like, you know, the need to comment on everything um, all the time. You know, and it's like, oh, where's the, the space there? You know, right. think about the comment and all that. Um, it just gave me an idea for a bar. That's crazy. That's fire. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes we can be quiet and that's okay. You don't got to have an opinion on everything. Like sometimes it's just nice to, like, if you got to say, if you got to do something like amplify somebody else's opinion that like knows what they're talking about or like bring people on who are experts in a thing that you might want to say, let other people talk sometimes. Like we don't, we don't always got to be the main character. Like we can just observe and, or, or just, just go over there. You know, you can, sometimes you could just go over there and it's cool. You know, you don't, you, you don't, you don't gotta be the, you don't gotta be the center of the universe all the time. But um, yeah, I want to, you know, like since we've been, um, I mean, I mean, I obviously don't want to, um, I don't want to, I don't want to not talk about to operate the system, which is really, really tight and is out now. And y'all should go listen to it. Um, you know, like this project that you and Pioneer 11, um, put together, which I kind of feel like, you know, like since we were talking about um, aggressively, ethnically ambiguous, like I feel like I feel like to operate this system does kind of bring things full circle in a sense. And because this because this 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 reminds me a lot of that, like just like in terms of in terms of like your bar structures, like one thing I noticed about this project is that like it's a uh, like your structures are a lot are, are a little more, for lack of a better word, like traditional than I feel like you've, you've been in the last few years, you know, like you're less, uh, they're less freewheeling. You're not like really testing the border. Like you're not like, like you're not testing the borders of like a bar or a stanza like you usually do. It's very like metered and very, I don't want to say rigid because it doesn't feel rigid, but it's very like, you're kind of like coloring inside the lines a little more than you usually do. Um, so I guess just like walk me through that and like working, working with 11 and like, what what you kind of came to do with this one um yeah i've been saying it for a while and people like kind of don't 
people think I'm just fucking around, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm an experimental pop artist, you know? <laughs> just watch, just watch, just watch. And so um I think that's the thing is, you know, dovetailing, you know, or like bringing it back to calling it back to that idea of the balance, the invitation, um, the lyrical intricacies are still there. I think minus mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the song about my cat lost in space and she was almost lost today. Fucking cat. Um, <laughs> Life imitating weird. art type shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, yes, it's, it's an interesting balance and interesting, yeah, coloring in the lines, but in a way that I think, I don't know, just is using, it's like manipulating things that have been like, like refashioning stuff, remixing. I think it's like, a, it's like a, it's the overall idea of just remixing um, and like chopping and screwing limitations um and i think you know yeah instinctually i like my stuff to sound good even in my most dissonant moments i think that there is a commitment to like is this going to sound as good as it possibly can for what it's trying to do Mm -hmm. and with this i think i've been in a space where i went pure rap like just bar for bar with great for radio. Um, also and, great, by the way. Thank you. And honestly, I was working on great for radio and Stalin Bollywood. It was a crazy ass punk rock project. Um, while we were putting this together in the very like earliest sapling seed stages. Um, and so I think, yeah, it represented a part of me that, that, that I've been trying to get out for a long time. And it just so happened that I had the burden of the music being taken off of me uh, while also being able to directly influence it. Cause we jammed everything out. We made everything live. Uh, I played a lot of the synthesizers on it and programmed the drums. And while I was learning the clarinet, I put it on the record, which is like, just kind of trippy to think about learning by doing that way um getting better just by like doing the thing um so yeah we met over you know basically we started like the first jam right before covid on my own the the title like the first tracks on the sequence um on my own that the instrumental came out fully fleshed and i free i had like a freestyle vocal that i did over that in one session and then I kind of took the stems, rearranged it, wrote the song more fleshed out. And um, yeah, definitely it had the signs. It was like super, you know, like auspicious. It was like, okay, this shit is going to be something because I've been trying to make, I've been trying to express that level of musical openness that's been there from the start in my life. You know, um, and I feel like I'm really digging into an alternative space, alternative in the sense of, you know, 
the legacy of alternative rock and electronic and trying to have I feel like I, I mean Jeff Jeff said it, you know, when we were talking about the record. He was like, a lot of rappers try and do things that aren't rap and they end up doing everything that they don't do well. Mm. So I still wanted to commit to like I'm gonna rap really well, but I'm gonna show you that I can also do these other things really well that I haven't been doing simply because they would have been out of place, not because I couldn't do them. I had to figure out how to incorporate them. Uh, so it really is a project of fusion and of like really being tasteful and tactful um, and just having a greater musical vocabulary, I think, because the, the literal vocabulary has always been there. The musical is just very exciting to have this musical vocabulary and, 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 and feel like, you know, what you said about the indie rap pigeonhole, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of cats whose music I like, but they can only make that kind of music. Mm-hmm. I am not that person. I will do literally everything. At first it was out of spite. And now it's just like, I have to, because... I've done so much already. Even working in one style, I feel like if I can be confident and egotistical, like I talk more in sometimes two songs on one record than a lot of people do over like two records. Yeah. Um, And so I, I needed to, I've been needing to like push out because um, I've done a lot and where we are in terms of media, music, et cetera, we have to put out and work and make so much um, that I wanted to be like, okay, I'm still on track to keep like a record a year out at least, but I'm not going to make it procedural. And I think it just lined up. Like we managed to fit it in you managed to get it done. Um, and like everything, you can ask specific questions about themes, but like everything, um, I just committed to it. I committed to it. I committed to like this feeling that I wanted to go a certain way. And committing to that also meant like sculpting a fucking robot for the cover and shit. You yeah. know, like I normally do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if that, that is too much or too little probably too much probably just enough maybe there's there, there's no such thing as too much here you know like I, I, we're 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 here to you know like this is this isn't this isn't like a like this isn't gonna get cut down it's not like i gotta like get this into 600 words i think, yeah. I, think I think i think you did a great job kind of putting that into perspective and you know like there's plenty of people who you know like there's plenty of people who are completely content to just like make the same music forever. And we love them for that, you know, because like they're very good at it. And, you know, like not everyone needs to like, not everybody needs to do like a Donald Glover soul epic on top of also being very good at rap music, you know, but like, you know, like you're the type of person who wants to explore and has the um, ability and the desire to explore musically and that's great you know like and this sounds and you know like this is 
you know, like, you know, like you're singing on here and just like playing around the melody more and not even just in like a rapper sort of way, but like, you're like singing like for real. And, and, and like, that's, you know, like it, 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 it adds a lot of textures that might not have been in your music otherwise. And, you know, I like that. I, I, I think, I, I think, I think that makes this uh once again, it's not exactly challenging in, in, in terms of like, it's not like it's like some radical departure from anything else you've done before, you know, but it's, it's, it's different enough where it's like, okay, so you can do this, you know, yeah. like, I love that. I, I, th- I think that's dope. And on top of that, like, you know, you, you, you would, uh, just like mentioning this, uh, like the, like going back to necessity again, of just like needing to keep up that pace and, you know, like just like you do, you do so much, you know, like it's like between the music and your teaching and the painting and the poetry and all like the live performances you do. Like, you know, it's uh, like you said, it's it's exhausting, you know, like but it's it's what we need to do to keep the lights on. You know, like this is this is this is what pays for life. And, you know, things are only getting more expensive. That's once again, whole other conversation. But just like to kind of to kind of bring this conversation full circle before I ask my final question, um, yeah. like as someone who does as much as you do and uh, manages to, you know, be present, <laughs> you know, through all of it, like. I normally hate asking advice questions, but like, do you have any advice for someone looking to get into this shit the way that you are into it and just like just like a way to prepare people because you know like things things are rough right now for everyone who wants to be creative everyone in general but like specifically for people who want to be creative like you know just like do you have any do you have any thoughts or advice for somebody who might want to do something anything relating to what you do right now yeah i don't know i think there's no guarantee that anyone's going to be interested. Um, And so there's a freedom in no one caring about what you do. Um, And so, yeah, I would, I would, I would just say, first thing I would say is kind of just do what you want. Um, Because playing to some level of, expectation of particular feedback um i think that's just that's radically changing in its nature what feedback is what success is what something resonating is um and i don't know i guess yeah like think about not think about just do it just do what you want to do um like the way you want to do it and that is very cliche, but true. Um, you know, I, I had something else I said once, and it was, I think there's a balance that people have to have between um, like being intentional about everything you do and finishing trying to start something with the idea that it is important and you want to finish it and also being able to let things go. Um, I think 
having a level of understanding of what you're putting together. And this is like a craftsman's idea, you know, craftsperson's idea. What you're putting together has um, its own particularities and how in there, think about how in there, you know, your the system in place or not the system, but the different qualities are working. It's not going to be the same all throughout everything you do. So the, the, the learning, um, committing to kind of learning the quality of certain things and being relative in that there's a relativeness to that, you know, not everything is going to sound the same way. Make sure your references are wide, really wide. Um, and there's, you know, maybe not, uh, an over-determination of what is, uh, like the, the, a finished, a finished idea, a perfected idea. So balancing the meticulousness with a level of like spontaneity, I think is really important. I don't know how that sounded. I just felt like I was just like being really, really vague and abstract. Um, but yeah, I think you have to definitely commit to being um, moments of meticulousness after something is first birthed um, and then finding ways to zoom back out and looking at it anew. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's hard. I had, a, I had a much better idea when someone asked me that question a few months ago, mm-hmm. but um, I think there's a freedom in, in no one asking you for anything. Yeah. And everyone's trying to sound. Everyone's references are becoming more and more um, tagged with metadata and easy limitations and borders. And just to remember that that shit is culturally constructed and it's not going to last forever, ideally. Whether AI will have something to say about that. Um, I don't know. That might be like that might be like a three hundred level class, not a one hundred level class. Facts. <laughs> so, um, I hope somewhere in there you can even chop. You can even chop up my answer between my ums and my ahs and my shit if you want. Uh, I'll I'll figure it out. But I think I think I think I think there's enough to parse out of there that that's a. Uh... You know, like it's important to just kind of embrace your spontaneity and just, you know, it's like embracing spontaneity and um, you know, like having faith in like your own perspective is important, especially as you know, like someone who's, you know, like not necessarily attached to anything like bigger, you know, like that's like, you know, like, like, you know, like that freedom is both a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. Like creatively, it's very much a blessing, you know. You know, it's, 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 it's all over, but like, no, I like that answer. I think that's great. You know, um, it's, it's like, it's, it's tough out here, but like not knowing is also a reward in its own way. 
it's very strange, but you know, like, yeah. Showing and up, so, too, you know, showing up in person when you can. Not everyone. Yeah. Can. Not everyone lives in a place where they can show up, but um, just be in the space. That's that's great. Yeah, nah, yeah, like being, and yeah, like you're right about that. I tell people that as often as I can, just like if you're able to be like, you know, like if somebody you like comes to your area, like go, you know, like go be in the space connect with them if you feel comfortable. Cause like, cause like I know a lot of people who would rather just like go to a show and see it and then not talk to people after. And that's fine too. But just like being there and contributing, like contributing can just be like being a presence. Contributing could be buying something. Contributing could be having a conversation after the show. If a person's willing to do that, you know, like th- you like, there's a lot of steps to this and you're like, whether you're making art or just like, you know, enjoying it, like there's, like presence is an important thing, you know, like that's yeah. it. Like it really does. It, it's made all the difference for me, you know? So, um, you know, it helps to, it helps to be a presence because then, you know, people want you around to an extent. It, it, it depends on the type of presence you are, obviously, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And to, uh, and to end this formally, um, mm-hmm. Reese Langston, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? Oh, man. I feel like it'd be written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it would it would be about like all the little moments in which like small things turn into big things slipping through the cracks, like something in an avalanche is that way. I don't know mm-hmm. what, uh, how, what the exact plot would be, but I feel like I notice a lot of that. I notice little things that like kind of trail out. Um, and I saw, I think it would be like, yeah, like, Maybe a more like Charlie Kaufman meets my dinner with Andre type shit where <laughs> just, <laughs> um, you know a balance of kind of like comedy of errors with really good dialogue. Um yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a story of mistaken identity. Like, like a mistaken identity that becomes that someone embodies and flips on its head. Mm-hmm. I know it's like, you know, you probably get more answers. Like, uh, it would be, you know, uh, about a heist or something like that. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, I feel like all those themes in there that might actually just, I might just start writing a screenplay right now. Hey. Just, uh, you know, being and not being John Malkovich, being Reese Langston, just entering my own mind. <laughs> so in that case, where, where, would, where would the portal dump you? Like, like I'm inside yeah. your head. For, I'm inside your head for 15 minutes. Where do I end up after I get booted out? Because in the because because being John Malkovich, it was on like the side of the Jersey Turnpike, which is very funny to me because I know it, like I know that exact area because like I live in jersey so like i know that exact area people were getting dumped off at i've driven by there a couple times 
I'd say you'd probably be dumped in the middle of a mall outside of a place that used to be EB Games and now is like a front for like, you know, some influencer cosmetic brand. Incredible. Yeah. That's so good. That's, that's so good and so specific. And yeah, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> I fuck with that. That's great. Yo. Or maybe. Oh, no. Sorry. I was going to sign maybe like inside the last games workshop uh, location in the United States. Still <laughs> all slimy, dumped in the middle of a, a match of Warhammer or something. Incredible. Either that or like a, you ever been to like a Wizards of the Coast store before? Oh, hell yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah one of the malls near my crib used to have a Wizards of the Coast store. It's a Journeys sneaker shop now, which is really um, fun. But um, <laughs> your head's one. Yeah, hey man, fuck it. I'm 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 one of those too, so fuck it. Um yeah. Multitude. but uh yeah, multitudes. <laughs> Fucking Reese, this was great, man. Jesus Christ, thank you. Like we really we really we were really cooking with Greece. That was this is yeah. so much fun. Like, like I knew this one was gonna be great, but like this was this was fantastic. Like there's a lot to chew on here. And I think people are gonna like this as much as I did. So thank you again, honestly. No, thank you. Thank you. I, I needed I needed, honestly, a conversation to remind myself of certain essential truths to me, you know. So thank you for providing that. Yeah, no, it's 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 my pleasure. We're we're we're, we're all yeah, like this is all just yeah. Conversation is. I can't believe I'm about to say this like this. Conversation is inspiration. Yeah. Rainbow, rainbow, rainbow over the head. Y'all can't see us, but yeah, rainbow over the head for that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.